Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, our guest is Ashton Snook. Ash is an award-winning customer experience and user experience designer. He is currently head of product design and UX at Vodafone Smart Tech and Crush. We're excited to have him on the show, talk more about design thinking, the role of product design in digital transformation. Ash, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Perfect. Um, so, Ashton, can you share a bit of your background and, uh, you know, what roles? Obviously, you've got a few things under your belt. Uh, you know, maybe start. Why don't you give us a bit of a background? Of course. Yeah. So I've um, I've had the, the fortune and uh, depends how you read my CV of bouncing around a good few companies. I trained uh, classically, I suppose, as a graphic designer, um, but was very drawn to trying to understand how to build products, uh, particularly mobile applications, uh, and found myself um, working very early on in a, in a great startup in Shoreditch, London. Um, whilst I was at university, so I was balancing, balancing classes, uh, whilst trying to design products with this you know, very small, lean uh, team, which was was super exciting, um, and we bounced. I bounced around the scene for a couple of startups, doing a little consultancy on the on the side of that, um, and then went agency side for a couple of years. And was fortunate to work with great clients like Santander, uh, FIFA, Eurasian Bank, uh, and on a number of you know products, which was brilliant. And then decided to go product side, uh, and that main driver for me was to figure out how I could spend more time connecting with the people who would use the product. In a startup world, we, don't, we didn't necessarily have the budgets or I think the structure or the maturity to spend as much time uh, researching and learning. Uh, the agency side, uh, the agencies that I were part of at least, it was very focused on serving the client. That client was the person paying the bills, not necessarily the end user. Uh, and so the, the way that I could see myself uh, growing and, and getting more you know, closer, connected to the customer, was to go product side. Um, and I joined uh, ASOS and was fortunate enough to be uh, there through the redesign of the application, um, which was a phenomenal process. And over the last couple of years, I bounced around into e-commerce, working uh, for Tesco, big grocer here in the UK, and uh, high in fashion with uh, Farfetch, which is a big international in that sector. Um, before settling into my most passionate role prior to this one, which was over at Hive, which is the UK's uh, one of the UK's leading smart home companies. And now I'm at Vodafone Smart Tech, uh, where we're developing a range of new products. Um, Vodafone uh, Smart Tech Curve has just been launched this year. And uh, we're just in the verge of launching something very exciting uh, for the Christmas period. So it's, it's quite a, uh, a colorful background, startup agency and uh, the last few years in product. That's great. Uh, very diverse indeed, I'd, I'd agree. Um, so, you know, with, your, with that sort of an experience, um, you know, working with different people, different types of organizations and companies. You know, can you elaborate a bit on design thinking and, you know, what does it mean to, you know, people within these different types of organizations? Yeah, so I think that the very interesting element of design thinking is it's still relatively unknown in a lot of organizations. Um, I, I joke with peers of mine that design thinking is quote unquote, just thinking. But I feel, I feel what uh, IDO, uh, Tim Brown uh, and uh, Mr. Kelly came up with there was a great way to package and sell the concept. Right. 
Fantastic. Which is really about, you know, looking at creative problem solving mm -hmm. by speaking with the end user and empathizing with them. So really it's about putting the people at the heart of the product uh, or your strategy. And, you know, very much the same thing in my, in my, in my definition of it. So uh, design thinking is surprisingly unknown. Um, but, you know, it, it is, I would summarize the saying, it's about looking at strategic decisions or product decisions, not by, you know, looking at the historical data of the past per se, or basing on gut decisions, which can sometimes be dangerous in, in certain organizations, but to get out there and to connect with a customer, to feel what they feel, to, to walk in their shoes uh, and use that to inspire the direction that you take. Yeah, um, you know that that's something. As you said, it's a new newer concept, especially in bigger companies. You know, it's almost like a trend that started perhaps with startups as they built SaaS products, and they've learned that really well. You know, speaking to the you know having customer centric, um, you know, focus right uh, on what they're developing and building, and that thinking needs to also be part of the strategy that you develop a digital strategy or a transformation strategy in mid-size or bigger organizations as well. Um, completely agreed. So, you know, speaking in the realm of digital transformation, right? Uh, that's where, you know, you see digital products, digital platforms, capabilities that are being built in this mid-size as well as bigger companies, um, enterprise-wide, right? Um, what would you say is the role of digital leadership in, uh, in such uh, in digital transformation? Great question. So again, it depends on your definition of leadership and digital transformation. Um, but for me, the way that I like to approach leadership and the people that I'm fortunate enough to work with at SmartTech I see, I see the role of the leader in that context about, you know, still giving a, an element of direction and being able to make a decision, something that, that I think believe has to remain. But they're really about unlocking the potential of others to enable those decisions. And when we think about digital transformation and applying design thinking to it, it's about bringing together different perspectives and skill sets, still with a leadership team that can make decisions, but are very open to and champion the sense of we need to empower people to bring the information up to us. And it's somewhere that you strike that happy medium of seasoned experience and on the ground troops, as it were, connecting, you know, whether that is with a, with a different type of customer, a consumer or, or a business, feeding the needs up so you get the benefits of both. Yep. Um, and, you know, we, we're talking a little bit about culture as part of that as well, right? You know, mm -hmm. how do you bring in that culture of design? Uh, and, you know, th this kind of is also seen as a research task by bigger companies, you know, and they're, they're struggling to see, okay, what's the cost benefit to, what's the ROI on this effort, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this person's gonna come in and talk to our customers and users and do all these research. You know, how, how do you bring in that culture and how, you know, maybe I'll start there. Maybe that's the first question. Yeah. So for me, the, the culture of design is the culture of people. Right. And that's when, when you, in, as you referenced me before, my, my belief is design strategy starts and ends with people. And that applies to every element of the organization. Design is by definition to have a plan. 
when we apply design thinking, it's about bringing different perspectives to empathize and understand needs and behavior. And so I think it has to start with recognizing that any organization is built of people, you know, with our, all of our imperfections and all of our brilliances. Uh, the way that I've seen change in, in various companies is to simply open up the conversation in a way that recognizes that there are challenges from different perspectives. You know, the marketing team may not exactly have the exact aligned, you know, uh, OKRs with technology and the same maybe with commercial. Right. The goal is to try and bring those people together to see the synergies and then to open up a conversation around putting people at the heart of the conversation. And that's where the change starts to drive. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to the second part of that question, right? So you're talking about the culture of change. How do you get the buy-in from top leadership on our, you know, from an ROI perspective, how, how does a CIO or a CTO, you know, associate ROI on these type of initiatives like research as well as design, you know, building this design thinking culture? Yeah, it's, it's certainly a challenge for a lot of teams. And I think it's a really key question for us to answer. My experience has been a culmination of bringing together for lack of a better term, industry insight. There are numerous companies who have put design and research and people at the heart of their decision-making for a number of years. Mm -hmm. uh, the big four in technology scream of doing this. You know, Apple is well known for its design quality. Right. And therefore we have, you know, the most financially stable, successful company to date that puts design in the context. That gives us a good reference point. I think beyond that, it's about unpacking the different methodologies that allow us to look at the metrics that matter to certain individuals with different backgrounds in the organization. Um, and you can't escape ROI, you cannot escape the KPIs that are important from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. So what, what we've tried to do over the last couple of years, both in my current team and in previous teams, has been to understand what the needs are of the organization and find ways to interconnect those back to the customer. So we're laddering back up and down um, and making making sure that we can reference design to success from a financial level, you know, whether that's engagement, whether it is conversion, um, it's about articulating the user needs and marrying it up with the business. So it's a you know reference point out there, and then bringing that methodology in and demonstrating that design and research can in fact deliver on those uh, business objectives. Got it. Um, you know, we should at a high level. What are what might those KPIs look like if you were to talk about them? So one 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 glorious element is that empathy is being seen in companies. The potential debate around that is that's typically championed by most organisations that I can see, at least in the UK, by measuring NPS, so the Net Promoter Score. It gives a sense of how people feel about the products, how they would rate it, of course. Now, what, what I've been trying to do for the last few years is work with a team to dial up that and look at different ways to measure uh, sentiment, uh, satisfaction. Um, we've been playing with the idea of building on, on, on something that um, Don Norman proposed, which is this idea of uh, looking at the visceral, behavioral and the reflective elements and being able to communicate that back to, back to the board of the senior leadership team, alongside almost having the quick wins you know, design thinking allows us to uh, leverage process methodologies to optimize the workflow. So as opposed to spending six months working on an idea to find out if it's good or bad, we might do that in, say, six weeks or six days. 
And uh, I think that's what's really exciting because efficiency, of course, is well understood as being a business benefit. Got it. So it, it, it's, it's certainly different, different elements that, that fall yep. into that picture. Um, so we've talked about the why of d design, you know, uh, so far with these questions. Um, and then I'd like to get into the how, you know, of, uh, you know, how do we implement this within an organization? Uh, that's going to be my next set of questions. Um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about that. Sounds great. Cheers, David. I am interrupting this engaging conversation to tell you about ModeStack, a digital product agency that makes this podcast possible. Struggling with staff and not sure how to get ahead? Keep hearing about the cloud and how it can change your team? Have an application that you invested lots of money and haven't seen growth? These are all questions that our team has worked on answering for years. Learn more at themodestack.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. All right, so we're gonna continue with some uh, questions around the how of, uh, you know, more on the implementation side of uh, design and UX. So Ash, what are some design frameworks that leaders can tap into uh, to build a UX sensible culture? What are some frameworks to tap into? Well, again, if we're talking about design thinking, how we can apply that, there isn't a, on paper, a simpler methodology, I feel, than what IDEO discuss. And you can find that out in many of their books or on their, their talks by Tim Brown. So, I mean, there is the, the classic, what is now become a classic, at least the five-step process of empathizing, defining, ideating, prototyping, and testing. And what that really is saying is that we need to go out there and listen, and you need to learn from people. And I think that happens, you know, from building a product, an application or website, through to understand how you construct a good all chart to get the best out of people. You know, it's about connecting with people and putting them at the heart of the conversation. Defining it obviously is around the opportunity. What is the, what is the field or the frame that we want to play in? It's as simple as that, but it often is missed in many organizations that they define clearly what we're going to try and go after. The ideation of course is around looking at different ways to bring people together. And I often feel that diverse people, whether it's by technical skills, backgrounds, uh, whether that is, you know, in terms of where they were raised city by city, country by country, brings a different element to the conversation. And the ideation, you know, we can dive into some methodologies there, but it, that again is about generating ideas. And I think critically for businesses to work successfully in the 21st century, relatively fast, and then translating those into something that feels tangible. Now that could be, a, you know, for the purpose of an all chart that could be modeling out some decisions and some concepts on a, on a PDF, a piece of paper or, you know, a presentation. It could be a prototype on a phone for an application, or it could be a physical device made from styrofoam or card. And then testing, you know, getting it back to people so that we can hear and understand how they feel about it, how they use it, if it meets their needs. And then you repeat and rinse that process through and through. You know, the, the, the great thing about that process, it feels linear, but in reality, it's a lot of back and forth and a lot of conversations all the way through. Right. And some of those steps can be run concurrent, right? Parallelly as well, right? Because they, they sort of like, there's a feedback mechanism that is built on these, each of these stages that you're talking about that inputs, provides input to the other. Exactly. Exactly. We often make the mistake, I guess, because as humans, we like to have organization. We like to see things run on a linear track. 
Right. But the reality of every company like humans, which are, of course, the company themselves, um, have their own priorities, have their own needs, have their own personal lives, and those impacts that. Right. And so one of the challenges that you might see with, again, a very popular methodology is design sprints, mm-hmm. is that it requires a huge amount of dedication and focus. Now, if you can get everybody who you need to in the room to commit to it, brilliant. But in most organizations, my experience is uh, it doesn't work by the book. And so it's about extracting the things that can be useful, but get them to work in your own context. Yep. Yeah. And then that's kind of my, um, I, I don't want, I mean, I think design sprints are great. Um, I don't want to say my beef with design sprints, but I think for lack of a better word, um, I, I want to say you can just get everybody in the same room for a workshop for one week, right? It, it's, al- it's almost impossible. Yeah. However, you know, with the with the type of framework that you just described, there is more give, but at the same time, we are also making sure everybody's consulted, product owners are identified, and there's a whole structure to project product management, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I feel I feel as well the design sprints and and not to critique them too heavily, I have found that they work very well for your consultancy. And a lot of capital has been put up by the senior leadership team because you've invested in it. You want to go for it. If you're an in-house team, regardless if you're applying that from a technology perspective or design, it can be very tricky. But the the key thing there is utilizing methodologies and adapting them for that context. You know, Mm -hmm. you could you could do and I've I've done it multiple times, run micro design sprints in two or three hours. And that that could be the right thing for your company. Right. Right. So. You know, some of our listeners may not be building products per se. You know, when I say products, digital products, they're not, they're, they don't see themselves as a digital product company. Maybe they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they might be like a loan servicing company or kind of a commercial brokerage company. You know, there are multiple types of companies who offer certain services, but they are seeing them seeing themselves as building digital experience or, you know, digitally enabling their employees or operations, you know, how would you, I suppose, how would you bring in this kind of a design thinking for such companies? You know, if, if we were to, you know, I don't want this to be like design companies or design thinking is only for product companies. How can other companies leverage this type, this, type of a culture or a thought process. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's design thinking. I think this is the whole intention behind behind packaging what designers do in a way that could sound more tangible. And I believe that's what you know Tim Brown and Idea were trying to champion. Everyone can think like a designer. Really it's about creative problem solving. So if you know and maybe the term design thinking creates that stigma and may not help people unlock you know what the potential that they they could do. But it's about stepping back again, regardless if you're building, you know, uh, something more abstract like loans or insurance, you know, start, start with the why, start with what we're trying to achieve, start with understanding who is actually going to benefit from this product and working through that, you know, that, that I believe is um, universal to any organization. Now, I think design thinking, it could be the stigma that we're creating around that, that makes people go, oh, which is not the intention of the phrase. It's meant to empower everybody to you know, work through problems creatively. Um, 
But I think, you know, it normally starts with one or two people getting inspired by a podcast or a talk or by a book and finding ways they can have those conversations and finding demonstrations where you can apply that mm-hmm. into companies that don't just deal with what we refer to as, as a product company. Got it. Um, but absolutely it can apply to, I think, I feel probably every business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe this might be a good question uh, that uh, some of our uh, audience can take away. Like, what are some key positions that, you know, whether it's part-time, full-time, that a company should think about to enable this type of a digital thinking or design thinking, I should say? Yeah, so I, I would probably be amiss not to say, I think a designer in any company is very important. Now, a lot of people misconstrue a designer should be focusing on graphics or decoration. But when I say a designer, I mean, someone who believes absolutely in bringing the customer, the people to the forefront of a conversation, and they can utilize different methodologies to inspire people to think through those frames and look at things with different perspectives. You might also want to have a researcher of some description, depending on what's relevant to you, because again, you need someone who can dedicate themselves and has the right capabilities to objectively speak with individuals or systems or anyone in operations to understand their struggles, the friction points, the opportunities, and play back, you know, to to the wider community. So, you know, depending on how you carve out a designer or researcher, I feel those are are key, key roles. But equally, I would see anyone as a product manager, even a project manager, you know, a scrum master, um, an engineer themselves. There's nothing to stop an individual contributing, using some of those methodologies for their own needs. Got it. But uh, yeah, a designer does, a designer or researcher doesn't hurt any company. Right. Um, you know, we also talk about roles such as, you know, product design, product designer, product manager versus product owner. You know, how do you see those roles performing differently? Maybe more product management versus product ownership. Yeah, it's funny. I've been, been having this conversation with a few, few uh, colleagues recently. My conclusion in a, in a nutshell is that it varies dramatically between companies. Some companies see product managers or product owners being about the customer champion, as well as making decisions, but they're hands-on in design. Obviously, it purely is a management role to define, you know, what goes into the roadmap, what do we prioritize, what tickets are written, and how does the developer work through a sprint. Sometimes the designer can be seen as something more graphical, or it can be someone who's bringing every element together. So it is relatively diverse. Um, I would say that a great product person and a great designer have very shared values, um, probably a very similar skill set, and they are taking a slightly different different position. They're almost two sides of the same coin. It's about creating something magical, both bringing a slightly different element and then, you know, inspiring everyone around them to work towards that vision. So um, I guess you, I would describe it as a product owner being partly a product designer partly a product manager. They make decisions, but it's all about empowering people around them. Mm-hmm. A product designer is about focusing on taking that concept, challenging a product owner as well, but making it tangible, making it into something real. And a product manager um, is about coordinating people, inspiring them. But I think the management element is about relinquishing some more control in the title. And therefore it's about coordinating people together, less so around being the authority in everything. Almost very building much. building that culture within the organization, kind of building that mindset, right? Not not yeah. 
I think mindset is the right word, not just culture. Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, you know, where you talked a little bit about podcasts and books, what are some resources that our audience can go uh, find uh, some value uh, when they want to learn more about this? Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, so Envision does a, a great podcast. I forget the name off the top of my mind, but if you Google Envision podcast, they do a great one with different different elements, people internally and some externals. Mm -hmm. uh, Google do Google Method. Again, you, yeah, a great company, great design uh, methodology and thinking in that, in that organization. Of course, there's IDEO. I've mentioned a couple of times, but of course, design thinking being our main topic. Those guys have certainly championed uh, that definition. They do an, a podcast and you could sign up to something like IDOU, which is online training, um, which I, I found useful a few years ago. And, and certainly I, I would recommend to people. Awesome. Um, yeah, there's a ton of content out there. Yeah. I'd like you to link us in our show notes. Um, so perhaps if you want to send me those links later. Um, of course. When we yeah. publish it, we can link that in our show notes for our viewers. Um, also, you know, I want to ask you, you know, what are some events that you're Obviously, a lot of it is online these days. You know, what are some events that you have participated in the past, perhaps in, you know, looking forward to in the future? What, what do you plan to attend? So there is two, two of my favorite conferences. One I have not got, got to yet, but I, I love, the, I love the, the theme of it is Design Matters, which happens in Copenhagen, I believe. Okay. Um, okay. I've been planning to get to it for the last two years. Last year, not so good. This year, coronavirus, I wasn't able to go, uh, which is a real shame. But again, design matters. That concept of design is important and it's about right. helping designers feel like they've got a role to the table and, and change some perception. Mm -hmm. My The other one that I loved and I went to in New York a few years ago was 99U, mm -hmm. which I think, I believe is hosted by Behance. Some right. incredible speakers, um, some of the best minds, I would say, in our industry from product and design and research and hugely inspiring talks. It's awesome. Um, you've got a couple of other ventures. Could you tell us a little bit about Jet AI and the other? Is it Crush? Uh, you know, I'd like to. Yeah, I can give a I can give a bit of definition around those. Absolutely. So let's start with Crush. Crush is um, part of Vodafone Smart Tech. It was it was a company set up in Berlin a couple of years ago. Uh, and so what we're doing at the moment is bringing those two studios together to, to boost up and, and build this amazing uh, team called Vodafone Smart Tech. So it's one of the same in many, many ways. Uh, Jed.ai is um, run a, a startup run by a good friend of mine um, from back at ASOS, brilliant guy called uh, Jediah, um, and phenomenal guy who's into machine learning and, and, and artificial intelligence. Uh, it's, it's an amazing creative space where they're always evolving and pushing ideas. And it's really, really trying to understand what business opportunities could be out there. And what Jed and his team have been doing is applying design thinking methodologies to run experiments on different business models and what might work. Um, but it. it's, always, it's always an evolving process. I, I won't go into too much detail over there, but um, no worries. Probably, I can probably link to him and you can probably get in touch if uh, anyone wants to. Definitely. Yep. Uh, well, Ash, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you about design UX product ownership and things like all these topics that are definitely growing and carving out a space within digital transformation overall for a bit larger enterprise or organizations as well. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Pleasure, David. Really, really enjoy the conversation.